Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. First, I want to talk about what are we trying to accomplish in this time period, okay? The intention of not just this particular study, but all of the studies that we're going to do from hopefully well into the future, the intention is to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. That is the whole goal. And I want you to approach it that way. I'm not injecting information into your head. I'm hopefully giving you tools that you can then go home and use and grow in your walk with the Lord. So no, that's the goal. We are going to talk particularly tonight, or rather this series, about sanctification. Big 50 cent word, big doctrinal thing. So we're going to talk about doctrine. But that's not every time, because the whole goal is not necessarily to preach doctrine necessarily. Doctrine's at the base of all we do. But the goal is to apply that doctrine. So just know we're trying to give you information that you can then go home and use. Because at the end of the day, you're not academic Christians. I don't want you to be academic Christians. I want you to be living Christians. You want to live out your Christianity, and that's the whole point. So we're going to talk about some doctrinal stuff. But what we're all going to wrestle with, and I mean all of us, because I want to at certain times make sure I'm asking you questions to draw you into the conversation, what does it all mean? So you should be, everything I'm saying, you need to stop a minute and think through, well, I understand what you're saying, I see it in the Bible, at least I hope I'm going to be in the Bible. I want you to go to the next level and say, well, what does that mean? What do I do differently? How do I live differently? What do I need to do with this? That's the whole point of this whole thing. But that means you've got to do some work. You've got to think, make a note to yourself. Maybe you can go home and do it and come back next week and we can talk about it. But whatever that looks like, we need to figure out what it means. So those are the goals. Are we clear on the goal of what we're trying to do here? Okay, I'm seeing a couple heads nod. That's good. You're not seeing anybody. Since there's a bunch of you in here, I can't. If you, if you really want to speak up, I just want you all to know, you can speak up. I just, you're going to have to do that because I can't tell that you want to speak up unless you make some, some noise. So y'all go ahead and do that if you want to. Alright. Rules. I want to talk about the rules. Because um, this is a church as we've been doing. This is a little different. I don't know. If, it don't, don't seem to bother any of y'all, but I'm sitting up here. I feel like I'm about half naked because I'm going to tie the jacket on. So I'm just telling you there's something different going on here. I don't know what it is exactly. But so I need, I need some rules. What are we doing? Well, first rule, I want to encourage you, make sure you bring a Bible. Most of you do, and that's good. But when you bring that Bible, I'm not just wanting you to have it, to look at a passage I'm going to look at. Because especially in this study, it's not my normal preaching style. Because you know what I normally do when I'm preaching? We look at one passage and we go deep on that passage. We're going to look at a lot of different verses. In fact, I'm going to ask you to help me with that. So that I'm not sitting up here trying to find every one of these verses. I think on your papers, you've got every verse we're going to look at tonight. So I'm actually going to assign y'all different ones of you. Go ahead and find some of those verses. We'll get to that in just a minute. But the rule is, you need to come prepared to read your Bible. Next rule. Come to as many classes as you can. These will be, I hope, helpful individually. I hope they are. But where I think the power in this is getting the whole thing together. So that's where the, the real power is, seeing this whole system together. I, I get it, work, schedules, you get sick, whatever different things happen. I understand that. I'm not fussing at you. I'm just telling you, try to do the best you can, either to come, come here and sit, or that's why I got, I'm in the trouble to make sure this camera's up here, because I want people who can't come to be able to see this. And we'll have to examine the quality of this after the fact, see if it actually worked like we hope it will. Uh, but that, that's my goal. And then make sure you're coming prepared. If you're coming some, simply to sit down and hear me talk, you'll hear that because I can talk like nobody's business. But that's not the hope and not the goal. The goal is oh, you come thinking, come prepared. It would tickle me if one of our sessions or two or three of our sessions, we spent more time 
dealing with a question that was related to the topic, not just some off-the-wall thing, but something related to the topic that you were asking a question about. I'd rather spend all the time doing that, because that tells me you're thinking, and we're addressing what you are concerned about, how you're applying this lesson. Does that make sense to you? So it's not about my agenda. I've got an agenda, because I want to try to take you somewhere, but I can get off the agenda as long as you're engaging with the information. All right? Any, does that make sense to everybody? Are you we, we with me? Just need some affirmation in your own point. Okay, got some hands. That's what I need. Need that. Need that from time to time. All right. My recommendations now. Some recommendations for you. I would, I would strongly encourage you to take some kind of a note. You're going to take them however you take them, but take some kind of a note. Take, if nothing else, if you need like, well, what do I write down? Well, write down, you heard something, what are you going to do about it? If nothing else, do that. I heard this, that sounded interesting, what am I going to do about that? So if you, if you need some direction, that's one thing to do. But take some notes. Next thing, my recommendation, I've tried to open the door for this, I want to make sure you know the door is open. Interrupt me to ask a question. Interrupt, if you don't know something, now, I thought I could say that because I don't have too many interrupters in here, but obviously if you get out of hand, I might get, I don't know, we might get somebody to escort you out of here, but, but, <laughs> but, but seriously, I, 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 I invite that. This should be a study together. Now, I understand I'm going to have to lay some groundwork. You guys have got to be, uh, you've got to have something to ask questions about, so I'll try to get you there, but know that I'm open to that. I want you to do that. I'm encouraging that. You might also want to consider um, some of the optional reading. This little paper I've given you actually gives you some of the optional reading. I think it's on page three. It says there's supplemental reading, looks like that. It details out what those books are. If you want to know those books, you want to look at them yourself. I have the three copies of five copies of the three books here. Um, the one that will we'll actually refer to this one tonight is uh, J.C. Ryle, Holiness. This thing's 100 years old, not this particular copy, but the, the book itself is 100 years old, better than that. It's a really, really good book. I, I enjoyed it, and we're going to refer to some of the things out of it tonight. It will be helpful if you're if you're not a reader. I understand. I'm not saying you'll get something out of this. If you're not a reader, that's fine. Some of you are. Get this book. This is one that you need to have if you're a reader. So get this book, and I can show you that. The other other books, um, we'll we'll reference them later on in our study. One of them one of them is uh, how sanctification works. Probably the the least important of the books that I'll suggest. It's good, it's helpful, but we won't do a lot of referencing of it, so it's just more helpful. And then one that is one of the best books I've heard, I've ever read on worldliness, which is a related topic to sanctification, and it's called Love Not the World by Randy Lee. Again, all three of these books are detailed in this little booklet that you have, the little color booklet, uh, so if you want to get those. But if you can only pick one of them, I get this one, Holiness by J.C. Ryle. That's the one I would get if I were you. You're just going to get one. You might also add to your study the book of Leviticus. You say, well, I've never read that. Well, good. You need to get into that book. That's a good book to read. That's a good supplemental reading. The book of Leviticus is a good one there. All right. And then the last thing I'll say about recommendations that I'll get into the study um, is if you have any interest at all, and I know we have some people here who have taught Sunday school before, and probably continue to have interest in doing that. I want you to know, I want you to be teaching classes, and I want you to sort of see some of the things that we're trying to model here as not exactly everything that I'm doing, but some of the kinds of principles that we're showing here. You see them, take note of them. In fact, uh, Lee and I will probably be calling some of you off to the side eventually, very quickly, and saying, we want you to be thinking about a course or a class that we're putting on in a very similar setting. So just know, this is not the Matthew Tilly show. This is just, um, we're modeling one time what we're trying to do here. And we want to continue this with some others in our, in our church, uh, men and women, who, uh, who want to teach, who are able to teach, and we want to make that available to you. So just know, take note of this, and maybe even be thinking about what's the next topic that you might either want covered or that you as a teacher might could cover. So be thinking about those things. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to ask. If there are any questions, and I'm going to be quiet for a minute, so if you do ask me out, you can ask. Any questions, any concerns, or are y'all just confused? Amen. All right, good enough. Good enough. I got one. Go, go ahead. Go. So after we go through this tonight, the next week you were talking about bringing questions.
questions off of this after we applied it for a week, correct? Uh, is that's what we're going for. Or is it, do you have the paper for next week that we can kind of prepare for and then ask questions as we get into it? So the, the bottom of that sheet, and I'll try to, as I have time to do, which I should, should have, I'll address some of the what we're going to talk about next week. So you might want to be thinking about next week. But um, questions anytime on any of the topics that we have covered or will cover. So you don't have to say, oh, that was last week, can't talk about it. No. And I don't want to talk about the football game, but I'll talk about sanctification <laughs> on any time that we want to bring those topics up. So, so yeah. Any other questions? Okay. One thing I will note, which is maybe, um, uh, maybe, maybe y'all think about this, maybe not. I, I worry about this stuff. Um, my hope is that we are done well before 8 o'clock. And the only reason I want to ever stay past about quarter till is because somebody here wants to talk about something that goes a little further. So just so you can plan your schedules, we definitely will be out of here by 8 o'clock, hopefully be out of here by quarter till. Um, the kids, I think, are going till about 8 o'clock. So, so if you have children, just know they're going to be in their sessions till about 8 o'clock. So we should be done by no later than 8 o'clock the lap to drop in. But I'm aiming for about quarter till, about 10 tills. My goal will be finished with this. So just so y'all plan for that. And we'll feel that out as we go forward to see do we need more time, need less time, and we'll, we'll adjust accordingly. Y'all didn't know this is the first time we've done this, right? Show me some grace. Alright. I said I wanted y'all to read some of the, the, the verses for me. So, um, could I get this table? It's going to go into the tables here. This table here, and I, honestly, if y'all would give me up, however y'all want to, but um, let me get this paper here so I'm saying the right things. Could y'all do that first point, this table here, those verses under the first point? Lee and uh, um, uh, Christy, y'all can do that second point. Yep. Y'all figured out how much it sells. Matt, Nina, third point. Just the verses. I'll just go find those verses, and whenever I call on you to read them, just be prepared to read them. Um, Bruce and Kathy, back there, uh, could y'all do the fourth point? All right. Um, Vanessa and y'all, could y'all do the next point? Somebody could not do That's fine. Uh, Mike, if y'all could do, um, actually, could y'all do the first half of the next point? So the second half of the Colossians, point verses. Yeah, it's 21. 
Okay. All right. Before we get any further, I want to stop and ask the Lord for some help. And then uh, we will go into this. And just know, after I'm done praying, I'm going to ask you all questions that I do expect the answers to. So let's pray. Lord, I need your help tonight as I teach. I need these folks who need your help as they try to learn and interact with this concept. I pray that your Holy Spirit will be the teacher that we all learn from. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is a study on sanctification. Sanctification. Big old word. What do y'all think sanctification is? What does it mean? What does that idea mean? What is your impression of that? Or maybe you've read it in a book somewhere. What, what do you know sanctification as? Anybody? Any answers? Growing in the Lord. Growing in the Lord. Okay? I think that's that's one way to think about it. Anybody else? First. Painful. Painful. Sanctified being painful. Okay? We'll talk about that. Go ahead. Set apart. Set apart. Set apart. So you're talking about, just so we know, Mark's talking about this idea of there's this sort of constant every day is a little more sanctified, to use the, the verb. Bruce is talking about there was a point in the past when I was sanctified. And then Matt maybe talked about a little bit of both of those in that there's something set apart. I'm unique. I'm different in some way. Am I, am I characterizing your answers? Pretty right? Okay. Anything else y'all throw out there? What does that what does sanctify mean? Or does that match with what your understanding is? Okay. I, I want to say this before we go any further. First of all, please go ahead and answer anything y'all want to, because this will help best if you do and in, in, get involved. Second of all, in sanctification, I want to go ahead and tell you, y'all have a big list there. I think there's what seven, eight things there. I have seven things. Sanctification is a lot of things. And it is a lot of things. So, I'll just tell you three men. Yeah, you're right. But that ain't it. There's more to it than that. It's bigger than that. It's it's more intricate than that. That's absolutely right. But it's a deep subject. So, is there anything else that y'all might add to this idea of what you would... If I were to say, be sanctified, what am I telling you to do? How are you taking that information from me? What are you doing? Christ-like. Being more Christ-like. Which is, which absolutely, being more like the Savior. That's That involves what he was talking about, growing. That involves what Matt was talking about, where you are set apart. So it's all of those things, but it's, you just said something that's even got another level of dimension to it. You, you, you all see where I'm going with this? That it's, it's got a lot of parts and pieces, and it's all of those things. Any other answers y'all want to throw out? I would say cleansing. Cleansing? Clean. So clean, so the idea of holiness, purity, Absolutely. That is, that's absolutely part of it as well. Filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Because you'll never be clean, holy, pure, all those things without the Holy Spirit. Sure. Absolutely. One of the things that y'all touched on but didn't hit, but that's what you just said is, is you can't do this by yourself. No. It's got to be powered from somewhere else. So that's true. I was thinking more like being prepared to be filled with the Spirit. Or, I mean, it goes to the cleansing thing, right. I think. It's something along those lines. A preparation. Yes. So there's a preparation process involved. Right. Absolutely. Especially if you read the book of Leviticus. And again, I'm, I'm on a Leviticus hobby horse, just so y'all know right now. I've been reading it, studying it, I'm going to preach on it next year at some point. I'm going to do that. But it is a really interesting book in that there is absolutely sacrifices and purity and all those things, but there's as much emphasis on preparing to be holy as there is to be holy. So uh, you're exactly right. That's an aspect of this. Anything else y'all want to add to it? All right. You said, well, I've got, you've got all the answers there. Well, we've got some answers here in a second. It's not all of them, but let me ask you one more thing. All those answers and maybe another one that you have in your head, why does it matter? Remember I told you, we're talking about doctrine, but it's not just about this cold doctrine, these facts. What are we going to do? Why does it matter? If I say, you know, be sanctified, why does that matter? Why, why, would, why do you care about that? What, what are you going to do differently? What are you going to start with? Stop with? What does that matter? Practically. Y'all don't have to do that. You're going to be more like Christ. You're going to be more like Christ. So your, your daily life yep. might, is going to reflect him. It's yep. sort of the what would Jesus do mentality. Yep. Yep. Which, that's fair. Matt, you're saying something? I'm just saying God is holy, so we need to be. That's actually one of the verses. One of the first verses. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, 15. You want to read that for us, those two verses? But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manners of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. That's right. That's, if no other reason, God said be holy, because right. he's holy. 
And in fact, the one, the first thing on your outline, if you're taking notes, is sanctification is rooted in God's holiness. This is not where you're set apart because you're just a weird person or you're different or you're strange somehow. You're set apart because we are in, we've heard a couple times, growing in Christ, uh, uh, being more like Christ, those kinds of things. I'm in God. I'm in Christ. So I'm going to be, if I'm in Him, what does that mean? I'm like Him. I'm re reflecting Him. And what is that? That's holy. And I'm commanded to be holy in the way that He is holy. So it's rooted in God's holiness. It's the reason God called us. The, the, the Bible's word of called or saved or uh, invited us to salvation. The reason that we have salvation available to us is because God is holy and he wants us to be holy like him. Uh, what do you have Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4? According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You don't listen to what she was reading there? It said that the reason he called us, the reason that there's a whole salvation plan is so that we can be holy, we can be sanctified. That's why God did what he did. He is holy and he wants us to be like him, with him, and that's why he gave us this plan of salvation. It's how we, sanctification, if I can put it this way, this is still under point one, it's the way that we participate or partake of God. Y'all heard people say, you might have said it yourself, I want to get to know the Lord better. I want to walk with Him. I want to get to know Him. Well, how do you get to know Him? You get to know Him by getting to know His holiness and, and participating in it for yourself. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Y'all read that? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world uh, through lust. So, so, you, so you see that as I just setting apart, we're set apart because we participate or partake, the Bible says, partake of his nature. So the closer we get to God, what happens? The further we're going to get away from the sins of this world because that's all rooted in God's holiness. It's his holiness that makes the difference. If you've got Hebrews 12, 10, and then I'll skip down to verse 14. Let's read that. For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. When he's talking about that passage, the whole context, he's talking about chastening, and he's that first, first opening verse, he, he's talking about the fact that that's the reason that we're chastened, is so that we can be more like the Lord. If you think about your own children, you try to, again, not necessarily trying to make them like you, but you're trying to make them like you're supposed to be. <laughs> Put it to you that way. Uh, and that's what the Lord's doing. He's chasing us to not allow us to be like the neighbor's kids, but to be like one of his children. That's what he's trying to do with us. And so we can participate in his holiness. So it's rooted in God's holiness. The second point is, it flows from our salvation. It flows from our salvation. Now, now, what I'm about to talk about, just so we're clear here, we're about to hit on what Bruce uh, just said a few minutes ago about what his definition of sanctification is. It was complete. It was finished once and for all. It was accomplished on the cross. So, because of what Christ said on the cross, because I can, I have been made alive. The, 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 the word for that is regeneration. I was dead in trespasses and sins, but he quickened me, made me alive. So I've been made alive. Now, somebody's got Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Could you read that? Don't read it. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Right. So we were not saved. So this is one of the things that gets twisted on sanctification a lot of times. We weren't saved. Because we were so good. We know this inherently. But that's what that verse just said. Not by my works. But what? By his regeneration. He made me right. He, he saved me. He gave me life. The Holy Spirit gives me life. And because of that. Because I'm in this position. It was once and for all settled. Now I can be holy. In other words. I can live not for holiness. But from holiness. 
Because I have been made holy, he is regenerating me. It's a unilateral work of God. There, there are some verses. I'm going to skip over John chapter 3 in your, in your notes there, so we'll go to the next one. But for your reference, John 3, where it's a familiar passage where he's talking about that, that we're, we need to be born again of the Spirit. And it's a unilateral work of God. I did not make myself saved. No more. I, I, can't, I can't be holy enough to save myself. I hope you know that. No one can be holy enough to save themselves. The salvation that I enjoy and that I hope you enjoy too, the only salvation that's available is the Holy Spirit coming in and doing a regenerating work in the heart. Amen. He makes you new. He brings you Amen. life. That's where it starts. And in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13, somebody's got that at the table? Hereby know that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. That's how we know somebody was, I can't remember who it was now, but they said that we're going to grow in Christ and we're in him. We're going to be more like him. How do we know that we're like him unless we have his Holy Spirit? That's where that comes from. He's that, 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 that person who he's on board. He's in residence and because he's in residence, I know that I've been regenerated. Now, there's an aspect of regeneration that has to happen, but then there's a right standing that has to happen. Romans 5, verse 1. You got that? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So because we have peace with God, we now have this thing called justification. So there's these two concepts that you've got to understand before we ever get to sanctification. You've got to be regenerated. You've got to be given life by the Holy Spirit. But you also have to be justified. You have to have a right standing with God. That's what he's talking about. How does that happen? Through Jesus Christ. He's the one who gives us that right standing. If I don't have Jesus Christ, I'm standing before God, not justified, but the opposite of that, condemned. I'm condemned. I might, even, in an odd way of saying this, it's not just that I'm made alive. Yes, I'm made alive, and, I, and I, I'm, 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 I'm spiritually alive, but I also have to have this right standing. I need to be justified as well. So once I have the right standing and I'm regenerated, then my holiness is possible. Uh, there's in Romans chapter 6, it's another one I'll just skip over for right now, so apologize for giving you all this one, but in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, he talks about that we are now dead to sin. We're now dead to sin. Why am I dead to sin? Because I know it's bad? Well, everybody knows sin is bad. Even unsaved people know it's bad. They might like it, they might be drawn to it, but they know it's bad. So there's no question about us knowing it. It's the fact that if we are regenerated, we're made alive, and we're justified, we're made right with God, we now have, it is now possible for us to actually look at sin and say, no. We can actually say no to sin. Now, don't, we don't always say no to sin. I know that. But we can. That is made possible because, when all the way back to the tin line on this section, what does it say? What is, what is sanctification? Sanctification, somebody read that to me. What is sanctification? It's one and two. It flows from salvation. The key word in that phrase is from our salvation. Know that sanctification comes as a result of being saved. If you are saved, genuinely saved, the Holy Spirit has regenerated you, if you have a right standing before God, then one of the natural progressions from that is you can be sanctified. You can say no to sin. I want to say further that you can, you can be as good as you want to be, try to be as good as you want to be, but if you've not been made alive by the Holy Spirit, you do not have the right standing before God, you are never going to be sanctified. People try. They try. Don't they try? With religion, they try to be better people. Put on, turn over a new leaf. That's what we think of as sanctification, being a good person. You'll never be a good person without the life of the Spirit Without the justification of the blood. I do want to read of Ryle, Ryle here. Um, in, uh, let's see, there's a couple of headlines here I wanted to read. I should have had my book here ready. I've got all these little tabs on here, but I'm all the place. Excuse me. One of the things that he says in here that's so good, he says, sanctification is the invariable result of that vital union with Christ, which gives true faith to a Christian. 
He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. That's what Jesus says in John 15. He literally says, if you're in me and I'm in you, you're going to bring forth fruit. So he says, it is an invariable result of the union with Christ. He says, sanctification is the outcome and an inseparable consequence of regeneration. He that's born again is made a new creature, receives a new nature and a new principle, and always lives a new life. This is what Ryle's saying here. Continue on one more place. He says, he says, sanctification again is the only certain evidence of that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is essential to salvation. Can, can I just make a preaching point here? Because I can't help slipping preaching for a second here. Make this preaching point here. People, this is why I try to emphasize from the scripture that you can tell me all day long, there was a time that I accepted Jesus. I was saved at this point in this place in my life. And I'm going to say, because I, I can't know your heart, I'm going to say, amen, hallelujah, I'm glad you're saved. But if I look at the course of your life, and it is no different than it was back whenever, I'm not saying you're perfect, I'm saying there's got to be some kind of a change. The Bible tells me there's not been regeneration, you're not saved. Why am I saying that? Because I'm so judgmental? No, it's because of what we're reading here. If Christ is in you, there's going to be fruit. There's going to, something's going to come out. That's why sanctification is this thing that flows from our salvation. All right, point number three. Move it on, move it on. Point number three. It has, sanctification, has a past, present, and future. There's a past sense, there's a present sense, and a future sense to it. In the past, I use Bruce Bird's phrase, once and for all. It was done. Your sanctification, as you are saved, your sanctification, in a sense, was once and for all done. It is taken care of. Somebody has Hebrews 10 10. Could you read that for us? By the which we, uh, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Why, what sanctifies? Read that, that little part. What was it? If I had asked you a question now, what sanctifies? What was it that sanctifies? <coughs> Offering of the body, offering of the body of Jesus, Christ. of Jesus Christ. That's what sanctifies me. How how many times do we need to offer the body of Jesus Christ? What does it say? Once, once for all, yep. never again. Never want to put it back on the tree. I'm done. It's taken care of. So in a, in a sense, my sanctification is in the past. There's another sense in which there is a present tense to my sanctification. Ephesians chapter four and verses twenty through twenty four. There's three components here. I want you to pay attention. There's three things he tells you to do in this passage. Make sure that the Holy Spirit's renewing our minds. 
and then put on the new man. There's also a future tense, and here's that verse that I made up, verse 31 of Philippians. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. Y'all can read that for us. This is the future tense of your sanctification. There's a future sense of it. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Okay. So there's a, there's a, there's a point where we're going to look like Jesus. We all look like him right now. Back here, here you might have said that we're going to try to be more like Christ. We're going to be more like Christ. We should. We should absolutely want to be more like him. Yep. But let's be real about it. We're not going to ever be 100% like Jesus until we see him. Right. Now, when we see him, then we'll be changed. Hallelujah. We'll be changed. And here's the problem. It's the way Ron talks about this. He says, sanctification is absolutely necessary in order to train and prepare us for heaven. Now, this is an interesting thought. That the Lord has us here. We always talk about God's got me here for a reason, right? Now, there, I don't know what all his reasons are. He may have a mission for every person here. You know, he's got different things for everybody. I believe that. But there's another aspect of why you're still here. You're not ready for heaven yet. He's got something for you to work through. He even says, when Ronald says, he says, most men hope to go to heaven when they die. But few, it may be fear, take the trouble to consider whether they would enjoy heaven if they got there. Now, I know we all think we want to go to heaven, but think about what heaven is. Heaven is doing exactly what God tells you in the Bible to do every day. And I can just tell you, I don't want to do that all the time. I'm just honest with you. I don't. There's some parts of me that just get bristled up about what it tells me to do. And if that's what heaven is like, you better believe I've got some rough edges to get knocked off before I can get to heaven and enjoy it when I get there. Amen. And that's what we're seeing here. There's a future sense to my sanctification. The Lord is going to do this work. Do understand that? <laughs> the Lord is going to do it. Because if it was left to me, I couldn't get it done. But he's going to do that work. But there's a sense in which I have to move, I have to be prepared for heaven. That's what my sanctification does. All right, point number four. No, point wait. number four. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Yes, sir. So by that statement there, what about those people that get saved at the last minute and then go? I do not, I do not trust them. I see exactly what you're saying. I can only, I'll answer, I mean, I, your point is, I, I get your point. Right, but I, I mean, not, not you can answer it, I just. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair it. point, but I almost just have to trust at that point the grace of God right. to do, ultimately that's what I'm saying, it's his work. But it is, the best analogy I can give you, this is not a perfect analogy, but if you were to, to join the military, they're going to put you through some training, especially if they're about to go into a battle zone, right? They're going to put you through some training. And that training is for a particular amount of time. And then they're going to put you into that battle zone. It's going to be time to go, go fight and do what they train you to do. You better hope you got your training, or at least as much as you can get every time they're going to get it, because you've got something to do over there. And it's the same way this world is, this world, it's, I mean, if, if we're fortunate, we're talking about 70, 80, 90 years. I mean, just like, those, those are, I mean, you're starting to get to, to a long time on this planet when you're talking about 80, 90 years old, right? That's, that's, a, that's a long life. But we have trillions of years to look forward to on the other side. So this small little bit, if you can think about it as a training ground. Now, to your point, there are some people, they, they say, please save me. And the next moment, they're in eternity. Yeah. And thank the Lord for his grace. But, uh, again, I think that um, God knows what he's doing. That's all I can say. That's all I can answer for that. And, and I look at it like that from being grace. Yeah, we, that's what we're hoping in this. got to be that. Yeah. Two, I think you don't you don't understand the gospel if that's how you're thinking. 
you're truly thinking, I'll just, I'll just wait until I'm on my deathbed and then I'll accept the Lord. Well, the Lord let you in. He's gracious. He's kind. But if that's your, truly your attitude, is I'm just going to wait for the last second. Uh, again, I don't know your heart. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm going to question whether you really understand what the gospel is all about. Mm -hmm. But if they don't woo you, you ain't going to get it. Fair enough. Yeah. If you're, you're, and that's what I'm getting at. If you're over there saying, I'm just going to hang on and see if I can grab onto the rail in the last minute, then I don't know if the Holy Spirit's involved in that. That's right. Yeah. If he ain't wooing you, you ain't going to get it. I agree. I, agree. I, I talk to people that, you know, that uh, they're like, well, I got plenty of time. Yeah, it's hard to talk to people like that. And I had a brother that I did witness to and got an opportunity to witness to and led him to Christ before he passed away, you know. Sure. And sure. I, I mean, he went that last minute, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and we have to trust the grace of God on that. That's that's, and I, and I hate to think about what may be if, if, if that if that man didn't trust the Lord, but uh, we just have to trust His grace. He yeah, is good. I've got a daughter-in-law too that I told you a few months yes. back that you know she died and God had she they brought her back four times. She mm -hmm. died. You told her that. And yeah, and but now I talked to her again today. She slipped right back. As soon as God, you know, just brought her back, she was in the hospital forever and ever. Yeah. She's got lung problems, COPD. She's got so many things going on. Sure. And, uh, but, you know, God's been gracious and good to her. And I've tried to tell her that. God's got you here for a reason, Tina. That's right. I talked to her today, and she had slipped right back into, as soon as she got home, it's like she slipped right back into what she was doing before. Right. That just broke my heart because I witnessed to her, let her be Christ, and then it's like she used my God. You yeah. know, she used yeah. him. And yeah. then she's right yeah. back where she was. But, Talk to her again today. Yeah, I, I will give you this little bit of hopefully encouragement is some of y'all are testimonies to this. You can get saved and you can revert, but I think over the course of your life, the Lord will bring you back because we're all, we are all, um, amen. Man, we failed the Lord so many times. When she so, told today that she was ready, she said, I didn't want to say, that's all I can do. I can just go and watch all the things. That's all I can do. Yeah, absolutely. So you're using your example, your personal example, that there's just things you don't want to do. Yeah. So is there not at least some sense that at the point you get to heaven, that your worldly views on all this stuff just vanishes, and you have a totally different view on everything, and you're just willing to do whatever because... I don't know what the right word to put in there. Yeah, there's not a word, I don't know that there's a word in the dictionary that I can put in there. That it's just such an amazing and awesome experience. And you're there in the presence of the Lord. Yes. I don't care what I thought when I was here. I'm here now and this is what I want to do. Well, and that, that's actually the sense of that verse in Philippians where he says that he's going to, give me the right word, transform our vile bodies or something like that. I think yep. I'm quoting that incorrectly. But, but there is a, that, that's that future mm -hmm. sense of our sanctification. There's some stuff going on right now. And then there's going to come a point, whether it's when I, I just confess faith to the Lord on my deathbed or whatever the situation is, and I cross over, he takes me to heaven, then there is something else he's doing, to your point, and whatever that word is, he does that final sanctification so that I am prepared for heaven. But I, I guess what I was emphasizing to, to where, we were, where we were going down, where we got this path, was I believe that part of, that's what Ryle was talking about in that passage, there's a part of what we're dealing with right now, the sanctification that we're dealing with in the present, that is in preparation for that. To your point, God's ultimately going to make us ready. So I, I agree with that. Well, I also see it like what you were saying, but the sin of the world will be gone at that point. For sure. The lust and desires will be gone. I don't think that there's much of a care to not want to do those things when you're in the presence, literally. Right. And your, fle your flesh is where a lot of we'll talk about this over the course of this time, but. Uh, you know, over the course of these study, but our flesh is where our sin resides. And that flesh is not going to heaven. Your flesh is not going to be redeemed. Your flesh is gone. Thank the Lord for that. Sanctification involves moving toward God and rejecting or moving away from sin. So, and sanctification involves moving toward God and rejecting sin. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, which I think is on your list there to read, you don't have to read it, we just read it just a minute ago, 
and it was that idea of being holy as God is holy. Well, we need to become more Godward, be more like God, come closer to God. We need to get a glimpse of his holiness. Uh, I want to read this to you out of, uh, out of Ryle, see if I can get to it real quick. Um, he says, um, Does I say furthermore that a sin, to speak more particularly, is, consists in doing, saying, thinking, or imagining anything that is not in per perfect conformity with the mind and law of God. This is what ultimately sin is. If you want to know sin, get away from God. You want to get away from sin? Get close to God. Because the closer you are to God, the more you're in conformity with God, the further away you are sin. The scripture says it is the transgression of the law. That's 1 John 3, 4. It's the transgression of the law. The slightest outward or inward departure from the absolute mathematical parallelism with God's revealed will and character constitutes a sin. And you can say, well, that's a pretty harsh definition. Well, that's right. But you know what? The, the positive side of that is, the closer I get to the Lord, the more I get in tune with who He is, the further I'm going to get away from sin. These two things do not uh, reside together. This is, the, this is the problem with modern Christianity. Modern Christianity wants to have God and sin. Do what I want to, but be seen as a religious person. Those things don't work together. Mm -hmm. God doesn't work that way. Instead, what we have to do is reject the world, the flesh, and the devil. I think y'all have the last table there, 1 John uh, 2, verses 15, 16, and 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So you see that verse says, you can't say, I have God's love, and also say, I love the things of this world, the flesh, the devil. You cannot do, those things don't coexist. That's what that verse is saying, that passage is saying to us. Ron says it this way here, he says, the selfish Christian professor who wraps himself up in his own conceit of superior knowledge and seems to care nothing for whether others sink or swim, go to heaven or hell, so long as he walks to church or chapel in his Sunday best and is called a, quote, sound member, such a man knows nothing of sanctification. He's painting this picture of a man who says, I'm a Christian, I go to church all the time, I'm a good man. But the things that God loves, he doesn't love. The things that God hates, he doesn't hate. Something's not adding up. <laughs> you, you're not actually being sanctified in that, in that sense. Because if you're sanctified, you're moving towards God and away from sin. It's more than just an outward conformity. And I know this as well as anybody where I know how I know all the, the rules and the regulations that I have. I went to Jones University and you had to have your hair at a certain point, you have your your uh, sideburns at a certain point, your pants to a certain length, all that stuff. So I know all the rules about what you're supposed to do. I know how to do that. But this scripture is telling us, the passage you just read, you can look perfect on the outside, but if the love of your heart's in the wrong spot, you don't have it. It's not real. That's not the real thing. It's very very well summarized uh, in, um, and I, I think you got this uh, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Did you read that? To the last passage we read. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you've got to, as it's talked about there, you've got to offer yourself up to the Lord as a sacrifice. You're, you're saying, the things that I want to do with my body, the things that I want to think with my mind, the things that I want with my heart, those are no longer mine. I'm offering those to the Lord so that I can be completely transformed to His way of thinking. And when you think God's way, remember what we just read there? That perfect parallelism with God's will and God's manners? But if you're in line with that, sin is in the, in the rearview mirror. You're, you're focused on what the Lord wants. And that's, the, that's why this is a 
a progressive, life-changing, life commitment. This is not something that we're all going to be perfect overnight. I understand that. None of us are. None of us, at least none of us, I hope, are claiming that. But you're wrong if you do. But we are understanding that that's why we want to get, I think, Mark, you said, growing in the Lord. That's why we want to grow in the Lord. It's not that we're going to get there overnight, but we want to get closer to that so that there's less sin and more God. Yes, sir. Well, it kind of goes back up to your sanctification flows. When you really get saved, your desires of your heart will change. That's right. And and if you don't continue to get stay in your word and in your Bible and close to the Lord, you'll start going backwards and the right. desires will come back. Exactly right. And, and so it's a matter That's of right. keeping that relationship close with God to keep that sanctification process going. Exactly right. Absolutely. You've got, you've got to constantly be in the Word, which is some of the other points we'll make through this. Um, so I'm going to close here. But just know for next week, to, to Michael's question about how to sort of think about next week and be prepared for that, uh, two things. One is you can see some of the verses for the remaining points. You feel free. You should, I would encourage you to go ahead and read some of those. See where we're going with that. Um, I'm not going to tell you the answer, but if you want to guess at it, that'd be good. We'll talk about this next week. And then we'll start to get into that last part where it says the holiness of God is the root and ground of our, self, our sanctification. And you've got some questions underneath that that we will be asking and trying to answer with that next module. So does that all make sense to you? Alright, we're going to close. Uh, is there someone that would close us in a word of prayer before we uh, depart from this mess? Anybody? Oh, Mark's, Mark's Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the, for the direction that you've given our pastor. Uh, I think this is going to be a productive study. And I pray that you'll help us all as we, we can study your word to grow in it. Uh, Lord, that so that we can be more sanctified each time we meet, each time we study, each time we grow in the word. Lord, just help us uh, to do our part to learn and to, and to draw near, nearer to you each day. Lord, watch over us and protect us as we go out into the world. And Lord, help us to be a good and faithful witness to you. And Lord, just keep us safe from the violence and the, and the disease that plagues our, our land right now. We love you. Thank you for praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.